0: You're not meant to be at 100% all the time. And you're not meant to be always inspired. And we're not meant to always be motivated. Like life goes through ebbs and flows. And so you're going to have periods where you're super motivated and you want to ride that wave of motivation. And then you're going to hit the lows of your waves too. And that's the time, as you said, to give yourself grace and accept where you're at. And just know that after a low period, there will be a high. And after a high period, there will be a low. And that's just the way life works.
1: You know when you have it in your mind that your worth is based on your accomplishments? Achieving those goals, titles, credentials that someone else might find really impressive? Author of Goal Setting 101, Amira Sukram, joins us to discuss some ways that we can really settle into this brand new year with a clean slate, freeing ourselves of the expectations of others and honouring ourselves first. Welcome to The Safe Haven. I'm your host, Amanda Lytle. The Safe Haven offers a collection of stories about life's challenges and how we keep moving forward. In this episode, Amira shares her own personal struggles with depression and anxiety, and how settling and sticking to goals didn't come naturally or easily to her. It was listening to her needs and wants and pushing aside the expectations of others that led to a complete shift in educational direction in university, from computer science to health psychology that helped guide her onto this path. We discussed the influence of the ego and the importance of giving ourselves grace we talk about starting with small and manageable changes first. Amira shares some tips and tricks for anyone and everyone to get us on the right track at the beginning of this year, even when we feel like we just cannot do it. And even the importance of facing our excuses as to why we think we can't do something. For the Safe Haven's first episode of 2021, Amira starts us off with an introduction to our conversation. So settle in with a nice deep breath, A full exhale. Here's Amira.
0: Hi, I'm Amira, and I'm the author of Goal Setting 101. And I'm here with Amanda to talk about goal setting and the new year and, you know, just give you permission to feel what you need to feel at the beginning of the year, especially after a really hard 2020. Um, I know it hits so many people so hard, and starting a new year can be really daunting. So... I just want to talk about like where I come from and, you know, how goal setting wasn't always easy for me. So I struggled a lot with my mental health and with mental illnesses going through school and as a teenager, I was diagnosed with both depression and anxiety clinically and just really struggled to even just hold myself accountable to taking care of myself. And goal setting was something that came into my life through studying health psychology. I actually started off as a computer science major and I absolutely hated coding. <laughs> so <laughs> it was really funny because I like had this idea in my mind that I had to have a certain path in life to reach my goals. So I always thought, you know, computer science is a great way to get a secure job and do something that, you know, would make other people kind of proud of me. And I didn't realize how much I wasn't honoring my own needs by doing something that I didn't love to do. So it it was a big pivot for me to let go of some of my goals that weren't serving me to pivot towards goals that I really did enjoy. So I started studying psychology instead in my second or third year of university, and I absolutely loved it. Um, I took a class in health psychology and that's kind of what started myself or like moved me towards the path of goal setting. So in my health psychology class, we were asked to make or break a habit. And I chose to make the habit of practicing yoga.
2: Hmm.
0: It was really funny because I like was seeing a psychologist at the time and she was actually encouraging me to practice yoga. And I set a goal to practice yoga three times a week for only 10 minutes because that's what seemed realistic for me. Mm -hmm. And I come a lot from using goals as a way to be realistic and sustainable so that you can actually reach your goals. Even if you go above and beyond, it's still worth it to set goals that you feel are realistic for you like every single week. So, I set a goal to practice yoga for three times a week, and I ended up practicing yoga every day for like a month. (laughs) And for the following year after that, because I just enjoyed it so much. And I felt really committed to changing my lifestyle through yoga. That was kind of how I got started in goal setting. And it wasn't easy for me at all. Like, I had a really hard time convincing myself every day to, you know, get on my mat and move my body, especially like struggling with depression. I found it hard to get out of bed. Mm -hmm. So it was very hard for me to get on my mat to practice yoga, but I still found so many different tips and tricks to get myself to do it. And in doing so, I learned so much about how I could apply what I learned from practicing yoga to practicing and creating so many other healthy habits in my life. Mm -hmm. So I came from like this idea of, not wanting to get out of bed to now doing something that I really love and getting to teach others how to do it too.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm super curious about these tips and tricks because having spoken to so many people around this time and throughout this global pandemic, I know that burnout and depression and anxiety is so real and it's, it's just so deeply rooted in so many people right now. So when you said tips and tricks, I literally wrote down tips and tricks and with a question mark, because I'm super curious about some of your own personal tips and tricks that you share with clients or share with people in your life as to how if they are feeling like they just cannot do it, what are some things that they can maybe implement?
0: Yeah, so there's literally so many. Um, One of the things that I love to say is to find what works for you and forget what doesn't. So we often look towards others And kind of see what they're doing and Mm -hmm. want to kind of copy them and, you know, make it work for us. But sometimes what they're doing really doesn't work for you. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people get the tip, you know, wake up at 5 a.m. every day. And that's like some success principle. And I just think that that doesn't work for everyone. Mm -hmm. So it's good to find exactly what works for you. So that's a big one. Another one is making your goal, you know. Everyone talks about SMART goals, and I go a step further to call it SMARTy goals. Ooh, what's the why? Um, It's actually EY. So, yeah. So to go into it a bit, like making your goal specific, you know, don't just say you want to do more of something. Specify exactly what you want to do. Make it measurable. Like, put a time element to it so that you know exactly what you have to do throughout your week. And I love working with the week ahead because, you know, looking at a month can be a little overwhelming. But looking at just the week is much more doable. And then you want to make it attainable and realistic for you. You know, it doesn't make sense to set a goal that's way too big that you're just not going to want to do at all. So if you say like you're going to get up at 5 a.m. every day and practice or work out for like an hour, when right now you don't do any of that, it's going to be really hard to implement that change. Mm -hmm. So I always like to say like this is a big tip here (laughs) is to start small start with just five minutes or one minute, anything that feels really doable. So if you want to meditate for like 20 minutes a day, start with one to five minutes, you know, just start small and start being consistent with that small effort over the course of a week, you know, keep going and see how it goes and find what works for you. And just practice and start small, because I think we often like get in our heads that we have to go all in. Oh, yeah. And If you know the story of the tortoise and the hare, like the tortoise takes small steps forward and he actually reaches his goal before the hare, who's just making like quick bursts Mm -hmm. and getting distracted along the way. Mm -hmm. So I love that story because it's so relevant to goal setting and taking small steps to reach your end goal. Mm -hmm. That's the S-M-A-R. Now we're at T. So you want to track your goals as well. This is something that really motivates you to keep going. If you know exactly like I have to do this three times a week and you check off three times on your calendar, you're going to feel so motivated and you're going to feel like you really succeeded. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're not tracking it, you might not feel that bit of dopamine rush (laughs) when you actually reach your goal. So the EY, that's the parts I add. So the E is excuses. It's actually sitting down and facing all the reasons why you think you can't do something. And setting like micro goals to work around it. So if you want to work out every day and then you have the excuse, I can't work out because I have to take care of my kids or something like that. Well, you can always work out when your kids are there Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you can allow them to observe what you're doing because ultimately like everything you do as a mother or as somebody who has somebody else watching you, you're teaching somebody else another way of thinking and doing And that's really important. And it's very inspirational when you can actually take your goals and habits and inspire other people as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the last, the why is your mindset or your beliefs. Um, So actually setting a goal that you believe you can achieve, because when you don't believe you can achieve it, it's going to be really hard to do that thing. Mm -hmm. So actually, I like to ask the question, do you believe that you can work on this goal for the next month? And if the answer is no, or like more excuses start popping up, then it's really good to sit down with yourself and say, okay, how can I set this goal in a way that I believe I can achieve it? So if I had said to myself when I started practicing yoga that I'm going to practice yoga every single day for the next 30 days, I never would have done it.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: But because I said I'm going to practice for three times a week for only 10 minutes, like I don't have to do more if I don't want to, it felt really doable for me. And I was able to go above and beyond that Mm -hmm. because I believed I could achieve it. So your belief in your mindset is really important when you're setting goals.
1: I also like that you would have had that flexibility because if today you were just not feeling it, you've still got a couple other days to make up for that 10 minutes. You know, that's, and that actually was bringing me into asking about grace and just being so gentle with ourselves throughout this time too. So I was going to ask about the people that are so hard on themselves when they can't hit their targets or hit their goals and just self-destruct pretty much something that I've been trying really hard and just kind of sharing with the ones that I love the most is just to be gentle be gentle with yourself, be kind. Are there any strategies or anything that for people that are just so hard on themselves or they just beat themselves up because they didn't do yoga three times a week or they didn't work out three times this week or they didn't start eating differently or whatever the case is, getting outside even, waking up at a certain time, going on a walk, anything like that, that would just help people just accept where they're at?
0: Yeah, of course. There's Well, I'd like to say that when I started practicing yoga and when I started, I was feeling very depressed. Mm -hmm. So I beat myself up a lot. Like I was facing negative mindsets and self-loathing thoughts every single day. And it was really hard. Mm -hmm. And through, I think, learning about goal setting and going through the processes myself, I learned a lot about like guilt. You know, Mm -hmm. we carry a lot of guilt in goal setting when we don't achieve what we set out to achieve. And I always like to remind people that when you have negative thoughts, and when you carry that guilt, you kind of enter this cycle where you become less motivated when you're guilting yourself into doing something. And I think that's why it's important to kind of find what works for you, but also set goals that feel good. So if you don't like waking up at 5am, Maybe don't set the goal to wake up at 5 a.m., you know, (laughs) give yourself the grace to choose goals that really are joyful. And the other thing I would say is that when you were a student, you didn't really strive to get 100 percent in school. So if you don't reach your goals 100 percent, you can think of yourself as that student and say, you know what, maybe I hit 70 percent of my goal. And that's really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's still a pass. (laughs) Yeah, we're still passing. We're doing well. Yeah. So I like to remind people of that because when like even when I was doing therapy and stuff, that's something my psychologist would say to me is like, you know, this would be 100% of your goal. If you hit 70% or like, you know, 80%, that's still really good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like just not only giving yourself grace, but giving yourself permission to make mistakes and slip up because no one is perfect Mm -hmm. and you're not striving to be perfect. Like we all just want progress. We want to be moving forward. So maybe some days you don't hit your goals or some weeks, you know, you might have a month off and that's okay because taking a break is so necessary. And I've been posting about this on my Instagram this week is that, you know, even if you own a business and you're launching and then after your launch, you kind of just like crash and burn and burn out. That's actually okay because you're not meant to be at a hundred percent all the time. Mm -hmm. And you're not meant to be always inspired. And we're not meant to always be motivated. Like life goes through ebbs and flows. And so you're gonna have periods where you're super motivated and you want to ride that wave of motivation. And then you're gonna hit the lows of your waves too. Mm -hmm. And that's the time, as you said, to give yourself grace and accept where you're at. And just know that after a low period, there'll be a high. And Mm -hmm. after a high period, there'll be a low. And that's just the way life works.
1: (laughs) Yeah, accepting that too. Yeah. I was going to ask about your biggest pivot. What is something that has been thrown at you in life where you really had to reevaluate moving forward or maybe made you kind of question the integrity of your own goals?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I would think that the biggest pivot would be switching from computer science to psychology. That was a huge pivot in my life. And I think it it really shook me up because it, mm. it was kind of like a facing my ego mm. and seeing that, you know, I really wanted to have this certain degree. And I had to I I talk about goals like sometimes you have to let them go, right? And when you're letting something go, like a friendship or a relationship, there's a period of mourning mm-hmm. that comes with it. So when I let go of like my goal to get my computer science degree, I definitely hit like a very big low in my life and was very depressed because I guess I equated getting my computer science degree with my work.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think a lot of us do that is like when we set out to reach a big goal in our lives and we don't reach it, like we don't feel worthy, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I just like, equated getting this degree with, like, my worth. And when I had to switch, I kind of didn't feel as worthy switching into psychology. Like, it was this mindset of, like, computer science was the thing that I needed to do to Mm. get a good job and to reach my goals in that area. And when I was in this mindset, like, I never thought I would end up being an entrepreneur and (laughs) pursuing my goals in a different way. And I think that, Everything like, like kind of worked out perfectly in exactly the way it needed to for me to go through everything that I did to become an entrepreneur and to learn about goal setting so that I could teach other people. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge thing for me is acceptance. It's really hard to accept letting a goal go when it's not meant for you mm-hmm. because we kind of had this script of the way our lives should go. And that's not necessarily the way it's going to be.
1: Yeah. I love that you brought in ego because there's so many times mm-hmm. in our lives where ego rears this ugly head and makes you really question yourself so much, right? But then it makes you feel certain things about certain things or certain successes, and it makes you go harder than you maybe should be in a certain direction. And again, like when you were linking that to your worth, that that is totally ego.
0: Yeah. Oh, totally. It's all ego. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of goal setting is ego. And One of my favorite authors, Danielle Laporte, she always says, like, striving is like an addiction, you know, we like want to strive and always do better. Mm -hmm. And part of the thing that I write about in goal setting 101 is that you don't always have to be doing bigger, you don't always have to be doing better. That's not necessarily reaching for your dreams. You know, some people dream to retire on a countryside and just relax with their loved ones. Or some people like dream to have a massive business that they're working on for the rest of their lives. And you don't always have to follow what other people's dreams are. Like one of my dreams is to live a calm life mm-hmm. and that's going to look different than what other people want because I don't necessarily want to follow the exact ways of success that other people follow. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to wake up at 5am. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to like be on a routine and I'm different in that way. And I think that we always have to accept where our ego wants us to go. Mm -hmm. And also what we really do want in our lives, because our desires from our heart will be different than our striving from our ego.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm curious about the living a calm life or lack of routine, because I think so many people would equate a routine with success or a routine with a level of mental health and wellness, right, that is that is healthy And maybe it's not for some people. You're absolutely right that the getting up or that the doing things at a certain time and oh shit, I didn't have my coffee at 8am, therefore, you know, but that routine. So I'm curious about some personal practices that you weave into your own personal life that help you maintain that calm life that you're set out for.
0: Yeah. Oh, and I just want to say like, quote unquote, healthy, right? Like what is healthy for us might not be healthy for somebody else. Yeah, you got it. Which is really, really interesting to think about. (laughs) So yeah, I do talk about the differences between like routine versus a ritual versus a rhythm. And I tend to live my life more on rhythms. So like at a certain time of day, I know that I will be on social media and then on a cer- another certain time of day, I know that I'm going to be taking care of my needs. And those rhythms change every day. So sometimes taking care of my needs might be sitting in bed, reading a book. Sometimes it's going out for groceries and buying nourishing foods. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the same thing every single day, but I'm still taking that time out to nourish myself. I'm still taking that time out to work. It's just going to look different every day for mm-hmm. me. And a lot of people do thrive on routine. And I really like to remind people that not everyone does. So when we talk about like a big pivot too, like, I think that was another big pivot for me is I always thought that I would get out of school and I would go work a nine to five job. Mm -hmm. And a month before I was finished school, I like went up to my mom and I started crying because I told her that I didn't think that I could wake up at the same time every day to get to a job. And I didn't think that that was best for my mental health because I'm not a morning person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like slow mornings where I don't really have to you know, talk to other people. I like having my mornings to myself to kind of handle my overwhelming emotions if they come up or just nourish my body and my mind and my spirit. And I need that. And it would have been really compromising to my mental health to have to be around other people and Mm -hmm. to get up at a certain time every day to work a job that isn't necessarily me nourishing exactly what I need to for myself. So it was a big pivot to realize that that isn't what I want for my life. And I want to maybe chase after, but also just be around things that nourish me in the way that I need to be nourished.
1: What an awareness. (laughs) <laughs> like, did you did you grow into that or was that this natural, innate awareness from a young age?
0: Uh, no, I did not have this from a young age. Uh-huh. I think like struggling through depression at a young age, too, uh-huh. was something that helped me become aware. I also I kind of identify as like a highly sensitive person, uh-huh. which is somebody who, you know, is more I guess they're more sensitive to their surroundings. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was really hard for me to always be around people constantly and wake up early and have to be around people. Like I took in a lot of their energy and it was really hard for me to kind of handle that.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So yeah, I guess like being a highly sensitive person, I had to create awareness around what I needed and how to deal with my sensitivity in a new way.
1: Oh, I love this. I have three safe haven style questions for you. Mm -hmm. What are you most proud of?
0: I'm most proud that I wrote a book. Um, (laughs) I always wanted to write a book before I turned 25. So that's one of my bigger accomplishments. Ah. I'm really happy about that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Huge congrats on that too. That's really, really exciting. Yeah. (laughs) What do you want to be known for? I want to be known
0: for helping people work with their natural flow. So being unique in your own way and following goals that really nourish your soul instead of, as we talked about, your ego Mm -hmm. Um, and actually flowing with the seasons too. And I work a lot with like astrology, moon cycles and seasonal changes because I think that following a natural flow will just help you work in such a more joyful way
1: hmm. And if you had a message for everyone listening, what would it be?
0: I would say to honor your needs, honor your needs and what you need, because it might not be what somebody else needs. And it's important to, you know, set boundaries and ask for exactly what you need so that you can manifest it in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk a lot about the dream self. And I think that knowing exactly what you want for your future helps you manifest it quickly, like in the current moment. So honor exactly what you need and what you want and go for it.
1: Oh, this is so good. I have a question about your book because I typically ask for the socials, but I really want you to tell us about your book. Tell us where it had stemmed from and the process of writing Goal Setting 101.
0: Yeah, so I wrote a shorter ebook a year before I wrote my longer book mm-hmm. and it was all about the SMARTY method. And then I realized that the SMARTY method isn't everything you need to learn to move from thinking about setting a goal all the way to consistency. So, I wrote a book. The first part is all about how you can think about starting a goal. It's the theory behind goal setting, it's, you know, the psychology behind starting something new, which I always say is like the hardest part of goal setting. Mm -hmm. And then I move into the smarty method, which helps you set a goal and take action. So taking actionable steps and small steps towards your dreams. And then the last part of the book is kind of like my specialty of staying consistent with your goals, because I find that a lot of people once they get started, it's also very easy to fall off and not stay consistent. Mm -hmm. So when you're actually making consistent moves forward, You will learn about emotions and moods and um, motivation, which is super important to learn, as I said, about the ebbs and flows of motivation and how you can use motivation to really stay consistent and sustainable with your goals.
1: This is amazing. Amira, thank you so much. (laughs) Where can people find you online?
0: Yeah, Goal Setting 101 on Instagram or thegoalsetting101.com or the Goal Setting 101 on Facebook as well. And I also have my own podcast called Balance Tips Tuesday, where I talk about goal setting every week and how you can set goals that balance out your motivation levels with actual reality and facing everything going on in your everyday life.
1: Thank you so, so much. I appreciate you and your time so much. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Amira, thank you so much for joining me on The Safe Haven. I appreciate you and your time so much. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your insights. And thank you for your direction starting off this new year. To everyone listening, I recognize the privilege that comes with my platform. And I am committed to creating a safe, brave, and inclusive space with intention. If this episode has hit you right in the heart or inspired you in any way, please screenshot the screen while you're listening, send it to your friends, and share it in your Instagram stories. Be sure to tag us at the safe haven podcast so we can personally thank you for it. If you're able to write a review or leave a juicy five-star rating on Apple podcasts, that really helps this podcast grow. For more great podcasts, check out frequencypodcastnetwork.com and I will talk to you next week.